This is the Mr. Chris M.I.E. Motivational Podcast, and we are on episode number 25. Let's do this. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up, go up, go up, go up, go up. Nothing yo, can stop yo, me, yo, I'm yo. all the way All I do is win, 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 no matter what, because that's what I want to do. How about you? How about you this week? What up, podcast land? How is it going? How you feeling? Hope everybody's doing well. I am back from the uh, Hotlanta, ATL in the building. We had a great, great weekend. Went, uh, took the kids down to the Jump Dance Convention and um, got, got refreshed as always. But this time, it's a little bit different because normally, and I think I recorded a podcast before where I gave you the lessons that I learned from the Jump Convention. And that one might have been on the on the hip hop teacher training podcast, uh, but normally when I come back from these conventions, just being around like inspirational teachers and and you know teachers that just have that gift to be able to teach and speak at the same time and be funny, uh, it always gets me pumped and it motivates me uh, to do a podcast. But this one is a little bit different. This one came from that because before we even went up to the competition. The week before that, actually last two weeks before that, um, I have been just murdering two albums. And both of them, by the way, highly motivational. You might have a a podcast coming from uh, not just one, but both of them. But that is uh, Cardi B's new album and also J. Cole's new album. I mean, just really good Albums Like, I haven't heard a good entire album in a long time. Normally, it's like like a lot of good singles and stuff like that. But this, this one is, I mean, you just put the album on and, and, and let it go. But this particular song, so I'm listening to Cardi B's album. And uh, when I heard the song Get Up 10, I was like, because when I first read it, like when I first got the album, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, this is gonna be like like you know, like a party type song. Like everybody get up. And when I just start listening to it, I'm just in the ride, just chilling, driving, and I'm like, whoa, like that's Cardi B's giving like a, a motivational speech right there. She's giving life lessons right there. So that and every time I hear it, what I found is before I even thought that this would be a good podcast, I thought, man, this is motivation for me, especially with the beat. The beat just is banging, and her flow is insane. So, but the message in there is is powerful. So, the title of this podcast is uh, "Get Up Ten," but I'm I'm just gonna give you my favorite lines from "Get Up Ten," and then I'm gonna kind of tie it into something that I'm doing right now, uh, which is I'm in the process of uh, being a part of uh, my boy T. Rob. Uh, Shouts out to T-Rob. The documentary that he's doing for a group, um, like a boy band type group, that we used to have together um, back in the day. And I always said when I was with that group that that, everything that we were doing 
you know, being from Cincinnati, and I shared some of this with you guys in the podcast before, um, some of the lessons about getting a recording contract and even singing, like some of my insecurities and stuff like that. But um, I, I said at the time, I was like, everything we're doing can be a book one day. It's And not only can be a book one day, um, but, it, you know, T-Rob is making it into a documentary. But the other thing that I thought is that this, these lessons that I'm learning with my group Cold Premiere is going to give me a blueprint for my life. Because everything that we did were just principles to live by. In any, you don't have to be in a singing group. You don't have to be a, a dance teacher. You know, you could be in any profession, in any area of life, and these principles will apply. So I'm starting to document that, um, you know, shooting some video for that. But I'm going to also kind of document that, uh, document that through podcasts. And so when I listened to Cardi B's song, Get Up 10, it immediately... Just you know, because I'm kind of working on the documentary with the group at the same time, I'm like, this is actually a perfect soundtrack because we went through um, just a series of trying to do something and getting knocked down and get back up. Trying to do something, get knocked down, get back up. And and every time when we got knocked down, it it was like, this is not gonna happen. I mean, we you know, me and the guys, we got into many, many just arguments about. Whether it was going to happen or not, you know, because everybody wanted it to be happen, happen. But it's like you got five guys, you know, who who move out to L.A. and they spend all this time together, and everybody's not going to be pumped at the same time. I'm gonna say it again: everybody is not going to be pumped at the same time. And sometimes, if if one person is pumped and the other one's not, it gets annoying. Like it kind of gets on your nerves. Now, it should have the effect. Where if somebody's pumped, the other person's not, the one that's pumped can pull up the other ones that's not pumped. But sometimes you just don't want to hear. Like sometimes Tony will be pumped about something, and you just don't want to hear. Sometimes James will be, you know what I mean? Everybody has their day of being motivated and inspired, but when you get any group of people together, it's it's not always going to happen at the same time. So, uh, so many lessons, but I was listening to that song, I was like, this is great Soundtrack. We actually need to put that in the documentary because that's that's. I think that was the story of the band. What she says in there, you know, get knocked down nine times and I get up ten. I'm like, God, she get up one more than she got knocked down. I'm like, how dope is that? All right, so let me uh, get into my favorite lines from Get Up Ten that gave me my entire life. Talk about God got. Uh, no, I got. I get my whole life to this song, cause so many things just go through my head while it's going. All right, so uh, number one, the first one, I love it. I love it, and I can relate to it. She says, "Mama couldn't give it to me; had to get it at Sue's. Mama couldn't give give it to me; had to get it at Sue's. And what this basically talks about is Cardi B." Basically not making any excuses, right? She not, 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 you know what I mean? Not giving up, just saying, you know, I, I don't have it. But she figured out a way to get it done. Now, some people, you know, like, like right now, there's a lot of people questioning Cardi B about her past, what she did to get it, whether she writes music or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The principle's the same. If, you, if there's something that you want, you're going to have to get used to going to get it 
and not making any excuses. Gary Vee says it all the time. Like, how many, you know, you, you had a bad life, you had a bad upbringing, you lived in a bad neighborhood, and he's like, and? Now what? And now what? What are you going to do with that information now? So that's why I love this line so much because she's saying my mama couldn't give it to me. There's a lot of people that your parents can give it to you, right? But there's some that cannot. And what that does is it develops a certain hunger. If, if, you know, you got that drive and you want to make it happen. Now, some people make excuses and then it's the thing that takes them out. They're like, you know, I, you know there's no way for me to get it. And I'm just going to chill. You know what I mean? But that's not the answer, right? You got it. If you don't have it, number one, just get up and get it. You can do it. Don't let excuses bring you down. The group Cold Premiere, there's a, a, a one thing that really stuck out to me. Actually, it's a few things. I can't say one thing. So many things come up over and over. Uh, but one of them was, you know, we wanted to move to L.A. and get a record deal. That was the goal. And guess what? None of our mamas could give it to us. We ain't have no, you know, we didn't have our, our, our parents that could just be like, what we'll do for you guys is get you guys a condo and, um, you know, we'll put you on the budget. We'll, we'll, we'll pay the rent to the condo. We'll, we'll send you money for food. We didn't have none of that. And you know what we did? We decided, all right, we need to get there, don't we? Let's catch the Greyhound. Let's go. We got the Greyhound from Cincinnati all the way out to L.A. So long. That ride was so long and so crazy. So much drama happened on, on the bus. It was just ridiculous. Now, I could go into each of those stories, but the principle that I want to stick to is we went to get it done. And there was obstacles. Like, I remember we didn't even have the money to do it. It was like all the people that was in our lives, our girlfriends, everybody that was there, they, they was like, we're going to get these dudes to where they're going. But they believed in something that we had, right? And I believe that too. That's not the point of this, of my first one, but I think when you make up your mind to go somewhere and to do something, the, the universe will bring things to you to make it happen. And it'll come in ways you don't even know. The other thing that happened on that Greyhound trip was um, they, they, they were actually like like striking. They were boycotting. I believe, you know, the drivers wanted more money or something like that. But there was a picket line that we had to go through. And I was scared to death. I was like, you will get whooped trying to get up in there. But you know what? That was the thing that was standing between our destiny and us getting there. And you know what? I was like, hey, I'm willing to take a chance. You're talking about a high school dude ain't never been nowhere Right, but seeing that going to LA was the dream, oh, we're going through that picket line, bro. We are going through that picket line, and I'm so glad we did because, just like I said, it, it just reminds you not just for that moment, but your entire life, you're gonna have obstacles that stand in your way, and you will have to make a decision am I gonna go through this or am I gonna let this thing stop me? And so that line sticks out. Another one was. Doing what you got to do. Like when Cardi B said, you know, she mama couldn't give it to her. She had to get it at Sue's. You know, we had to get it at, at a, um, a record store. Like, we we wanted to get a record deal, right? We we wanted to be we wanted to be on tour, wanted to be in movies, on TV shows, get interviewed. We wanted all that. But guess what? At the time, nobody was giving us anything, right? The opportunity wasn't there yet. 
So what did we do? We still had to eat. We still had to survive. So we went out. You know, Tony, I think Tony was doing, he did like a Pepsi commercial. He was doing all kind of, you know, uh, commercials and things like that. Uh, me and Shane went and we was working at a, at a record store, stocking, um, it wasn't even CDs at the time. I think it was cassettes. Might have been cassettes and CDs back in the day, boy. But it was like, yeah, we was, you know, I didn't want to be doing that. Did not want to be standing on a, a, a little step stool stacking not only just a product, but, you know, cassettes, mu bands, music, things that I wanted to do. I'm looking at them every day. But you know what? I had, if this is what I wanted to do, I had to be able to go get it. Another thing was we, we ran into an opportunity, which didn't know that what it, it was going to lead to what I even do today. But uh, start teaching dance classes out in L.A., right? Didn't, and this is a, and I did a podcast on this before where it talks about the thing that leads to the other thing. See that when you're when you're in movement, that's the main thing you got to do is just stay moving. That's what we did. when We was out there. I went out. We didn't stay moving the whole time. There was moments where we be we used to call it uh, hitting the blues. We'd be hitting the blues like a mug. Be sitting in there like it just ain't gonna work. And it's worse when you hungry too. Oh. You ain't you starving and ain't nothing happening for you. You just depression just sinks in like this is the worst ever. Right. But but we took one of those opportunities to start teaching dance and start leading the stuff like people came in. They was like, you know, we shooting a video for uh, MC Shan. Don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. You know, y'all want to be in it. We, and all type of it, so much so that we just get we got an opportunity to go on tour, which would have took us away from the group and had to turn it down. But even right there, what a blessing that was to go from, again, if you follow the story, we caught the Greyhound out that joint, to go from that to having to turn down opportunities, that's what this song does. Get up 10. Get up, knock me down nine times, but I'm going to get up 10. And so all that, that line that she said right there, right there just start triggering off memories. Like you, you got what? What did I do to, to want to go get it? Yeah, there's many, many things that I did: teaching dance, you know, catching greyhounds, working at record stores. Whatever I had to do to get it done, I got it done. Here's the second one, number two. Loved this one. She said, "I started speaking my mind and tripled." my views I started speaking my mind triple my views and then there's a little note on there so I want to read this to you because uh, like when I was when I was looking through the lyrics they had like if you click on it it'll tell you some of them like some some detail so it says um this is talking about Cardi B during during her rise to superstardom Cardi B gained many followers on Instagram by posting funny videos of herself who herself speaking her mind, venting about her life as a stripper, and giving advice to her viewers. This online success also helped secure her spot on season six of Love & Hip Hop New York. Now, the thing that stands out to me the most, I know, like, you know, people get caught up in the, the whole, she was a stripper, and I, listen, listen, I am not here to judge nobody for what, for what they doing. Let me say that again. I'm not trying to judge nobody for what they're doing. 
right? She's doing, she, this is her story. But through that, the principles of her story was she had to realize one thing that I think I spent my whole life trying to find, and it was, it was always right there. And that's just being yourself. I'm going to say it again. Just being yourself. It's enough. It's enough. And a lot of times I didn't think it was. Because in the field that I was in, whether I was dancing or singing, you know, being an entertainer, being a performer, it was always somebody who was better. Always somebody who you looked up to. Always somebody who was like an icon in your field. And I had enough humility that uh, you know, I wasn't stupid. I, I definitely can look at people and give up, give up the props. I didn't think that I was too good. You know, but the other thing that came with that is through being humble and being real and self-assessing myself, um, it took away like some of my confidence that I could be myself because I spent so much time looking at how good other people were that I didn't think that I was enough, right? And so... But when I learned that lesson, like in within the group, the thing that taught me that lesson was basically when we were, you know, we were inspired heavily by New Edition. But during that time, it wasn't just New Edition; it was all kind of groups out. New Edition, you know, Bobby Brown, Bell Bib DeVoe, Boys the Men, High Five, Troop. You know what I mean? And and this was, it wasn't like the beginning wave because there's there's always going to be waves of styles that come in, you know, they come in and they go out. Whether you're back in the day, the, you know, Four Tops, the Temptations, wherever you are, right? And so this particular time, that was the wave, and we came up, like, in that era. And so the one thing for me, I knew, that, like, when we decided to, to do the group, like, that identity thing was very important because I didn't know what we were going to be. I didn't know if we were going to dance just like New Edition, if our songs were going to sound like them, if we were going to, you know what I mean? And we, it's a process. We didn't figure it out right away, you know, because you got five guys in there that came from five different backgrounds and five different ideas of what they thought, you know, the group should be, do, vibes, all that. But I, I remember... There's two things that stand out to me. Uh, number one, we had um, part of our management team, a guy named Stacy Strickland. He, 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 rest in peace to Stacy. He, he would be like, you know, we'd be like trying to go backstage, and he could get us backstage. Past Stacy could make anything happen. He was a wizard with his words. But this fool was like, what did he say? He said that the 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 tag he gave us was they they sat, they sing like boys to men, but dance like MC Hammer. I want to say now, yeah, and and for for my fellas out there uh, in the group co-premiere, if I got that wrong, correct me because there's a lot of things that fade in and out. But I remember that, um, and I think that's what he said: sound like boys to men, or something like sound like Johnny Gill. Dance like MC Hammer, something like that. But but that that was a, a thing. That that was real. Like, what are we gonna look like, sound like, be like? And then when we realized that when we came together, the whole deal was, you know, Tony had a group called the Fellas, and then me and Shane had a group called Cold Premier. I mean, a Cold Crush. So it, the whole deal was. Cold Crush, we were just dancers, and we were straight up. I'm talking about. We went through so many seasons with our dance group. 
where it was like, you know, we did the popping, waving, ticking, tutting, animating, and then things would change through the years because we were together, you know, like in, in, in when we were younger and went all the way through middle school, high school doing this thing. And so um, things changed. You know, different dances came out. We had to learn them. And, and, but we had pretty much locked down what we needed to know where it became our style. This was what Cold Crush does. This is what they look like. And then same thing with, with, with Tony and the fellas. They had established a reputation of how they perform, what they look like, what they sing like. And so at the beginning, the whole vibe was um, we, you know, we will teach you guys how to sing, how to do harmonies and all that. You guys teach us how to dance. That right there, that was our identity. But yes, we did go through different seasons of questioning that, no, it, you know, wondering if this is what we want to do, this is how we want to do it. And when we realized that that was what, that was our secret sauce, like the, the dancing that we do combined with the singing, it just opened up so many doors, right? It just, it changed everything. Because it wasn't what you were what was going on in the industry at the time. It was something brand new. It was something fresh, right? And so that line st stood out to me when she says she starts speaking her mind and tripled her views. Because normally, like when you do you, you're gonna see the results. Period. Because people respond to what's real, and that was real for us, right? That was real for us, and so we started seeing real results. When we would do that. We put in the work working on our harmonies. We also put in the work dancing. Like, and we that's why we had to have super training with our cardio game. Because in order to dance like that, we weren't just stepping. We weren't just, you know, sliding. We was going in with the I'm talking about super big moves. And being able to sing harmony. And the lead singers being able to sound beautiful. Right, so, uh, but that one just again, that, that my number two point just stands out as just be yourself, be yourself. She starts speaking her mind and triple her views. Be yourself. All right, number three. Ooh, this is gonna be a long podcast because so as I'm as I'm delivering this podcast, so much content that I have, but that's why I want to do this podcast because I want to get it out so that I can kind of hear, you know what I mean? What what my memory is of things. So, I, you know, I took a lot of notes down for this one. Um, so here's, here's number three. Um, this line says, she went, or she says, I went from rags to riches, from wick to lit. And it's funny because it still adds like this little note on there. It's like, WIC stands for Women, Infants, and Children Federal Aid Pro Program. But, and it talks about, it says, you know, it's kind of like living off food stamps or EBT cards. And the thing that I thought about is and it says Cardi uses this to illustrate how she went from rags to riches. Um, but the thing that jumped out to me, I remember when I was younger being embarrassed about going to the store having food stamps. I'm talking about, um, I mean, it was like because me and my mom, we had some, we, you know, what I mean, she. When I was younger, younger, I mean, she would work. She had two jobs going on. I was, and I'm, I'm an only child, so I was spoiled to death. But as she got older, and as I got older, uh, I mean, she, I remember a particular industry she had. She cut her hand real bad. And, I mean, so bad, it just destroyed the tendons and everything. She couldn't do anything with, with, with one hand, and that affected her, her job. And I remember having to get on welfare and food stamps. And it was weird at first because, you know, I'm so used to her 
being, I was pretty much a latchkey kid. Okay? She was gone all the time. I come home from school, but I was spoiled to death. I mean, when she, on the weekends, I mean, I'm talking about my Tyler cooking, she throwing down. On Christmas, you would have thought we had 10 kids in the building, right? Cause, but then, all of a sudden, hard times hit, we on food stamps. And so I'm, she's, sometimes she'll send me to the store, gone over with this book of food stamps and, and, and get some bread. I'd be like, oh, I just used to walk around the store with the stuff in the cart and not even want to check out. I would literally be circling around until there was nobody in line. And all the time, every time you get in line, and they be like, oh, you got food stamps? And back then, it was different. Like, they have an EBT card. Now, you just swipe it, and it, look, it go quick. Like, it's an ATM. Back then, it was like a book. It, was, it looked like Monopoly money. You get the book out like a checkbook. You start ripping them out. And then, five, here's a five, here's a ten. And it take longer than a mug. So, somebody always come behind in line. I'm looking embarrassed. But I remember that moment. That was one of the things that motivated me to, um, I was like, oh, I am going to make it in this entertainment thing. And when I do, I'm not doing this. This is not going to happen, right? But it was from that moment and being able to deal with that moment that when I listened to this line, I was like, I feel you. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole uh, food stamp thing, and I understand. Went from rags to riches, from wick to lit. It's just a good feeling that you have when you know that you can climb out of any circumstance. No difference than a cold premiere. In the beginning stages, <clears throat> I remember not just um, you know working at the record store, not just catching the Greyhound, but I remember you know one time we had to stay in this raggedy hotel. I mean, this thing was just ratchet. But <clears throat> that was in my mind, I was like, one day we're going to stay in the fancy hotels. We're going to be in the hotels where we you know we are invited there to do a show or to record an album. But it had to start somewhere. And so we, we, we all would pile into that room to make it happen. But that's where the hunger was. So when I, when I, when I see that line, when I listen to it, <clears throat> it immediately makes me think, and remind me, uh, you know, of that hunger. Um, another one was staying with, um, there was a guy named Kipper Jones. And, and uh, Kipper, super producer, great vocalist. But he invited us into his house. And, you know, it was just a blessing that that was able to happen. But <clears throat> I remember, you know, when we first went in, it was like, this is five grown dudes by this time. We had already graduated high school and we you know i mean we are grown men and all in his house and i just remember <clears throat> in the beginning i mean we just ate all the food just ate everything up that was in there and then you know kipper's like he's not going out buying us food now he's not our parent our cousin uh, he's not responsible for that so we th but through that lesson we learned that we have to um, start taking care of ourselves. So, I mean, but I remember those days being in there eating rice because that's all was in there. Just eating, up, eating up rice. I remember walking over to the 7-Eleven store and all I had enough money for was a drink, like one of those big gulps. And I would get these, um, it's not called hot tamales, uh, fireball, fireball candies because they were real cheap. And what they would do is, you know, they were so hot and spicy, but they would kind of curve my appetite a little bit so I wasn't, you know, as hungry 
as I thought I was, but that was part of the process. You know, it was part of the process. But then I remember when we paid the dues, we went through the process. Uh, I remember being in New York, you know, out there with, with Howie T recording the album in the in the hotel with the workout room. And, the, you know, it, it was just a whole new vibe. I remember being on the set of the movie Class Act uh, recording with, with Kid and Play and just looking around going, just like Cardi said, I went from rags to riches. I went from wick to lit. Like, I remember having that moment. Where I was like, we did it. Like, we literally thought of a concept, thought of an idea, came together, made it happen, and we're here. We're doing it. And so, th- that, that my third point stands out to me because it's a reminder. It's a blueprint on life. If it happened once, it can happen again. Doesn't have to just be one time in one field. But if it ha- and if it happened for you, guess what? It could happen for me. So that that this this song, like I said, get up ten. That brings back those memories. Number four, I'm gonna keep going because it's a long podcast. But this this was one, um, and it struck me in a different way uh, than the others. And this one, she just said it's a short line, uh, but it's powerful. She said, "I was just now, now let me put it in context." Uh, so before this line, she was basically talking about like the haters hating on her, people talking about her. And then her answer to that was, I was just trying to chill and make bangers. I was just trying to chill and make bangers. And so uh, it's short, it's sweet, but it's it's powerful because she's talking about not being distracted by negativity and working on her craft. That's a good one right there. This was a major key with my group, right? Because when everything was going on around us in Cincinnati, we went hard in the basement. I'm talking about writing, singing, dancing, running, wash, rinse, repeat. But that's where our character was built. That's where our group was formed, really, was in the garage, in the basement, in those places that is not like... Uh, you know, we're not on the stage, not in the movies yet, but it's behind the scenes. That's where our character was built. Yo, but in, in times of weakness, like when we was in L.A., it's another thought. In times when we would get weak, when we hit the blues, one master thing we had was we were able to huddle up and get focused. It's like, um, you know, when we're depressed, when we're hitting the blues, we don't know what's going on. It always, and people used to laugh at us too because they'd be like, oh, here they go with their little meetings. But all we would talk about is remember the, the work we put in. Remember the basement, right? Remember that point of working on your craft and get back to it. Um, when we, we, we did a showcase, right? Because we were trying to get a record deal, did one showcase and failed it miserably because we weren't, we weren't doing the things that, that we did before. We weren't, wasn't working on our craft, Right, we was out there, you know. Uh, Jefflin was saying uh, another person on the management team was just like, you know, y'all in star mode, and and we were. It was our first time out there, you know. We was kind of feeling it. It was like, you know, we want to get in character, but we forgot about working on the bangers. Like, and the bangers is not just the songs, but it's like the craft. What is it that got you there, right? So in the midst of everything that's going on, you got to know how to block that stuff out. And get in there and work on the bangers. But that, you know, that taught me that I had to go through that because we failed it. And then all we did, we huddled up like we had these big meetings. 
Like when that, that was another moment we were about to give up. But then we kind of brought it back together and all we did was go right back to what we used to do. Running, singing, dancing, wash, rinse, repeat. Right? So that line sticks out to me and reminds me of that. All right, number five. Um, number five in the Cardi B song, Get Up 10. She says, uh, I'm on go like I don't see no stoplights. Skirt. I'm stepping out every day, prom night. Facts. Right? Now, the first reason that I kind of love this line of the song is because it's the way she did the flow because it kind of changed. It was like one of those moments where she was doing one pattern and one flow and then she changed it up uh, and it caught my attention. But then I thought about what she was saying. I love the uh, I'm on go like I don't see stoplights. Like foot on the pedal, 100% go. Ain't stopping for nothing. And she's stepping out every day promenade. That means she is looking the part. She's looking like a million bucks. So, um, about the group. Let me let me let me tie this in back to the group. So once we made up in our mind that we wanted to do this as a career. So we we said this is it. You know, we had took a brief moment and you know, uh a few of us went to, to college for a minute. I mean, like a hot second, but then we, and I, uh, I'm going to tell you what I did it basically because, you know, just that whole theory that your parents tell you, you got to have something to fall back on. Right. But that's not going that you ain't going like, you don't see stoplights. You stopping at the stoplights cause you nervous. You like, I want to make sure, you know, and it's not anything wrong with that. But for me, in order to get to where I needed to go, I had to have my foot all the way down on the gas. And so we all talked about it. It's like, this is not what we want to do. We don't want to go to school. We said we want to go to L.A., so we want to get a record deal. Let's do it, right? And so once we did that, and as a group, we made up in our mind, it was no stop. I mean, we started doing shows. We started, I mean, just everything, writing. Um, you know, T-Rob started getting, you know, which was crazy back then where he went to, like, like the local cable place and uh, took classes on... Uh, how to use the cameras and stuff like that. We straight up. Like, it was, it's funny because we're doing a documentary now, years later. But back then, you know, we were we were starting it then. Like before there was Instagram, YouTube, all of that. Uh, Tony had all of the stuff here. He wrote out his concept videos. He had all of that ready to go. And we were just producing content, which was one of the reasons why we got the deal. Because that content was able to get in somebody else's hands and they were able to see us. And it wasn't, the internet wasn't even around, right? And so it's just, but we had to make up in our mind, this is what we want. This is what we're going to do. Once we decided it, all five of us, um, it was a go. It was a go. Um, the other thing, too, that the second part of that, when she talks about stepping out every day, prom night, it reminds me. Um, so my man, T-Rod, he was real big. Um, and this is like a side note, but it's, it's important, though, because it's like he was real big, like during the performance. Like I would straight up come in the back of the theater and have on the clothes that we're going to wear on stage and just and be good. Just be watching the other groups. Like, yeah, what's happening? And he hated that. He he always would be like, don't wear your stuff. <laughs> You're like, I don't want you. Don't wear your stuff now. And then they see you already. And then when you get on stage, it ain't nothing special, right? And so that was real big that that we 
look like stars right you know what i mean when when you saw us it was like man they had on sweats at first and then when they jumped on the stage it was like whoa i don't even know like like who that is right so we had we would get our clothes specially made but all of that was the uh, the uh, context of building a brand right we didn't know it back then it wasn't it wasn't in style to say that back then but that's what we were doing cold premiere was becoming a brand and so when when i think about that when she said i'm stepping out every day prom night that's basically saying like i'm not walking outside i'm in star mode right i'm 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 looking like i'm a star but also i'm not going to not put in the work cuz i already told you before that that i'm 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 chilling and working on my music but now I got 100%. I'm going, and I'm gonna look like it too. So that was that was one thing that that was another blueprint moment for Cold Premiere, was learning how to play the part, right? How to do interviews, how to look and talk like you're not just um, an average group, but you're a professional. That's the word I'm looking for. You're a professional. All right, number six. This is a, uh, the, the sixth line that I love in the song, Cardi B, Get Up 10. Uh, she goes, beast mode, that's how I give it up. Hoodie low, that's how I'm pulling up. And that right there, now that's the game changer lyric right there because, again, she changed up her flow. So in the song, while I'm listening to the song, it's one of those ones that you wait for. Like the, it's a different flow than what it was at the beginning of the song or in the middle. You know what I mean? It's just it gives you something different. But when it comes up, it makes me feel a certain way. Like beast mode is she? She's just saying, look. <laughs> All right. So there was one circum, uh, one show that we were doing. Stands out. I'll never forget it ever. Even to this day, when I when I get nervous. At whatever I'm doing, it could be a business deal. It could be, you know what I mean. But I'll never forget when our manager came up to us and we we were about to perform, and he was nervous. And we had this thing like before we get on stage, we would have this focused look. All five of us, like it was like Bruce Lee. It was like the Bruce Lee moment, like when he when he get, when his eyes get locked in, and he be like, "What? You? It's on, right? That's beast mode." That that was and she's like that's it that's how I'm giving it to you 100% beast mode I'm not playing and so in this show though manager came up to us he said hey are, are y'all ready are y'all I'm gonna make sure y'all focus y'all ready and I ain't even make eye contact with it and I think that this is another one too that I want to make sure that I say it right so my my fellas might have to correct me on what I actually said but I feel like I said something like tape man. Start the tape or something crazy like that, right? Tell them to start the tape or something. But I wasn't even looking at it, right? I was looking like, like straight ahead, like a robot. But that's what this this lyric remind me of, cause I we knew how to get in the beast mode. So not only did we know how to get in the beast mode, but then the next line it says on there, hoodie low. That's how I'm pulling up. And this is why I love this this lyric so much. It's like when you when you put when you got the, the 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 hoodie and you put the hoodie on, it's it's like you're about to go into a fight. It's like you're a boxer. You know what I mean? When the boxer put the hoodie on and it, and we always like our theme for everything we did, no matter what, was we had to rip the stage. It was like it was a fight between us and the stage. And we wanted to deliver so much 
just energy and passion and, and, and professionalism that the whole stage would just break in half. Matter of fact, in one of the, the lyrics on there, we said, uh, somebody ripped the stage, go call the ambulance. I'm like, what? But that, that, that's, that's how we, that was our whole mantra. That was our vibe right there. And so that, that's why I love it. So it, it, again, it's, it's, it's a blueprint, not just for that time, but for life, right? These lessons, you know, I always say dance lessons, teach life lessons, you know, these lessons, anything you go through is something to learn from. So it's like how I approach yeah, I'm even doing this podcast is I want to deliver information that just rips the podcast in half. I want you to have so much value from from the, the podcast that you're like, man, you know, you get inspired to do something. These stories get you pumped up. You listen to the song and you get out of it more than I got out of it type of thing. So um, so that's that one. Here's the next one. Number seven, and I'm almost done. I said this was going to be a long one, um, but it's really, uh, like I said, you know, getting ready for the documentary. So I'm just trying to document some of the things that kind of stood out. Um, And you'll see this when the documentary comes out. You'll see this on the video as well. All right, number seven. Here's the the next line that I love 100%. She says, I walked into the label where the check at. Then, in the background, where the check? Then she says, Cardi B on the charts, ain't expect that. Oh, this is so good. Now, listen, listen, listen. When you put in the work, you get the reward. I'm going to say it again. When you put in the work, you get the the reward, period, end of sentence. And even if you don't, keep going until you do. Right? Cold premiere in the movies, ain't expect that. Right. So this talks about her confidence, like not only her confidence, she walked into the label, but then she she wants her check. But then she's also letting them know you didn't even expect the success that I was going to get. Right. You didn't even you are backing me 100 percent. You are my label. You put my content out there. You didn't even expect what she knew. She knew this was going to happen. So you can have that confidence. I always tell this story all the time about me being, uh, you know, I go through these different phases, like whenever I enter a new season, um, you know, it's just like that fear is the first thing that that hits you. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, even when I was going to go into, uh, when I first thought about, uh, even speaking in front of people, the first thing that hit me after that was, you know, you're not good enough. There's a, and I listened to so many amazing like speakers. So I compare myself to them and I'm like, there's no way I can even get close to that. And then, you know, but I, I just remember, Actually, advice from my mom and advice from my pastor uh, back in the day. And they both said, when you walk into a room, no matter what it is, walk in there like you own the place. And so that always speaks to my confidence all the time. All right. So the other day when we were uh, in Atlanta, um, my wife came up to me and she wanted me. Uh, we actually had a, a, a group of teens that was about to go on stage to do a dance, um, a teen hip hop dance that we've been working on all year. Made changes, you know, ch- you know, trying to make it the best it can be. And then the main the thing she said to tell them was, uh, you know, I, I want you to give them a talk. You know, they called them backstage. All right, we're ready for Look Alive. And that was the name of the dance. And she was like, you know, give them a pep talk. <clears throat> Let them know, you know, that they deserve to be there right and so as we were walking back 
kind of, kind of like a boxer getting ready for a fight. I, I was trying to think of what I was going to say. You know, time was ticking. I didn't have much time to put it together. But the thing that came to mind right when we got on the side of the stage, I was about to deliver, like, because I talked to them all the time. And I was about to deliver, like, this motivation. And then it just hit me. I was like, because I've, uh, I, I tell them this all the time. And I remember with my mom, she would tell me, give me talks and give me, you know, speeches and, and build my confidence all the time. But there came a point where, especially when I was in, when, when I was in LA with, with Cold Premier, that was like my, um, my introduction to becoming a man. That was my first time, you know, out of the house and I'm not in Cincinnati anymore. And so I didn't have my mom there and I'm an only child. So I always love just having her comfort and love there to, to help me out. But I remember when I realized that she wasn't there physically and all I could do was listen to the advice that she's given me before, but then actually apply it and grow up and like do it. You know what I mean? So uh, this, this is what I told him. I was like, you know, I was like, my, my baby wanted me to give you a, a motivational speech, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have one. I don't have one because she wanted me to tell you that you deserve to be here. I said, but you know what? There comes a time. Another reason I said this too, because I have two, two of my, my good, awesome dancers uh, are seniors and they're about to do the same thing. They're about to go off in life. You know, one of them's going to New Zealand. The other ones, you know, will be here in Nashville, but yet, you know, going to college, going to school, teaching, doing whatever they do, but they're about to enter that next phase of life. And so I felt like like the, the, the coach in me, the father in me felt that this speech has to be more like, you know, you're not going to be right here to hear my speeches all the time. Now, of course, you can turn the podcast on and you will get some some motivation, some inspiration and some encouragement. But you're not going to have me being able to give you speeches directly to get you to pump it up. You deserve to be here. You can do it. So I told him, I was like, I don't have one. I was like, if you don't know that you deserve to be here by now then maybe you don't deserve to be here. I said, now I can tell you, I know you do. And I've told you that time and time again, but I'm not going to give you a speech right before you step on stage and tell you, you deserve to be here. You're going to have to decide as a group if you want to be here. And if you do, if you want to be here in this moment, if you want to rip that stage when you get up there, if you want to be the best of the best, then get up there and show it. That we we not doing no more speeches. I'm not pumping you up no more. You gonna pump me up. You get on the stage and you pump me up and show me that all the investment I put in you, you about to give it back out. And you know what? They got on that stage and destroyed it. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. But what I love is that it gave. You know, one of the moms came up to me. And she was like, "I haven't seen any dance, any hip hop dance." that creative in a long time like everybody's doing the same thing over and over again these fools up there they 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 popping waving flipping off each other's backs tutting gliding all of it and so the reward was you know the like the the the, the high goal that they got was one that the dance hadn't even gotten you know what i mean the whole year so we got the reward right and so that was my my whole vibe is 
You already deserve it. It's already in you. You already know what to do. But there comes a time where you got to stop consuming the content. I have to tell myself this all the time, especially me listening to podcasts and audio books all the time. It's like you got to put it down, turn it off and get out and live this thing and get to work. Put the work in. Stop needing everybody. Walk in the label. Where my check at? And let them know. You ain't even know that I was going to get to the top. But I knew it because I know that I deserve it. All right, last one. Number eight. And this is the final one. And this is it. And I'm going to say it as many times as she says it. It says, man, I said we're going to win. Knock me down nine times, but I get up ten. Look myself in the mirror. I say, we going to win. Knock me down nine times, but I get up 10. Look myself in the mirror. I say, we going to win. Knock me down nine times, but I get up 10. Yeah, but I get up 10. Knock me down nine times, but I get up 10. And that's what I'm going to end this podcast on. Whatever you say to yourself, that's what you're going to get. self Talk is everything. People might think you're crazy talking to yourself. But I talk to myself all the time. Matter of fact, sometimes when I'm in the car, I be listening to a podcast. I'm like, let me turn it off and talk to myself. Because what comes out of your mouth and you hear it, it's going to help build you up. And you know what? That's all that matters. That's why I'm so big on, even when I'm, when I'm teaching dance and when I talk about, I'm so big on what you say, like we approach a new skill or we approach, you know, a new dance or a new challenge. I won't let them say, I can't do that. I can't do no, Cause what you're saying, you are basically telling your body what's going to happen next. But Cardi clearly is saying she, she looks, she's like, she in the mirror. She's spending time in the mirror. She ain't just in the mirror looking cute. Right. She talking to herself. We're going to win. We're going to win. And that 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 is the, that, that sums it up. Now, cold premiere, the whole bottom line of all of it. This is why I always say that whole season that we had together coming out of high school was basically a story about five brothers looking in the mirror and each other and saying, we're going to win. And we knew we get ready to move to L.A. It's going to be challenging. Ain't none of us been nowhere. Nowhere. This was brand new. We're going to get knocked down. Knock me down nine times, but I get up ten. Sometimes we had to huddle up, talk to each other. You know what I mean? When we're hitting the blues, knock me down nine times, but I get up ten. And no matter what, even at this point, as we get ready to record the documentary, as we're doing our thing, everybody's, you know, years have passed, but it doesn't matter because that blueprint is a blueprint of life, and every one of us can apply it even now, years later. Knock me down nine times, but I get up ten. It's your boy, Mr. Chris. Thank you so much for tuning into this long podcast, but I had to get it out. I had to get it out. I had to document it, and I hope that it's, um, you know, you can catch one thing in there that makes you go, you know what? Yeah, I'm finna get up. Forget that. I'm not, no, I'm not staying the hell. I'm getting up. I'm talking to myself. Look myself in the mirror. If it, if it does that for one person, this podcast was worth it. Subscribe, comment, like, 
You get the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Um, go to the website, www.mrchrishiphopdance.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And your boy is out. Me. I'm all the way up.